No, God is... He's always on time. I tell you, it's been a rough week. I mean, I mean, a rough, rough week. Uh, I think I'm going to put on a church-wide mandated diet. <laughs> We've had like six heart-related issues, either heart attacks or open-heart surgery. And, I, and I'm not talking about, so, oh, that's for the older folks. Uh, one's in his 30s. Yeah. Just, just overwhelming. Last night, you know, most of the time, I come in here to encourage you. Even if I don't feel good, even if I don't want to, I know that's crazy to preach you don't want to. But I want to be here for you. But I think this morning I need you to be here for me. I got a call last night. One of my good friends, one of my mentors... Somebody I looked up to, somebody that was a, a teacher and a professor, just walked away. Left his wife, left his ministry, left with someone else. The whole deal, you can imagine. And uh, I can't even hardly breathe. Say, what'd you do? I sent him a message. I'm not really taking calls. He's not going to answer the phone. I said, I don't know what you're going through, and I don't know what you're dealing with. I said, but you've been my friend, and I'll always be yours. And you are welcome here if we can help you. Anytime. Now, here's the thing. Someone someone was here a few weeks ago that's been broken. Somebody's messed up. And they came to Temple to get help. And and words kind of got back to me that some folks in here was texting people at the other church that he was here. Now, obviously, you don't know what we're all about. Obviously. Because temple is just broken people helping other broken people. 
Now, I don't know who the texter is. I don't know if they're in this service or the next service. I don't even care. And I don't care who they are. But this probably is not the place you need to be. If you've never been broken, because this is, this is a house of broken people. And I didn't, I didn't mean to go into all that. I'm just, just feeling it. There's something about broken people. Broken people need other people. They need other people. Now, here's the thing. When you're broken... You don't want to be around other people. You want to answer the phone. You might not even text back. But you need to at least know there's some other people that's for you. Now, I, 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 I really had all intentions on staying in First Peter uh, and, and, and preaching on the family. Preaching on wives, y'all got a break today. <clears throat> and husbands, y'all don't say nothing, y'all the following Sunday. <clears throat> but I want to talk about today. I don't, I, 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 I've titled it 10 different things, but think about this thought. When God wasn't enough, when God wasn't enough, if you'll take your Bibles and turn with me to Genesis chapter number, chapter number 2, <clears throat> in verse number 18, and I apologize for the slobbering and slinging, and, but anyway, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, and y'all pray for my friend, because he's definitely going to need it. My soul is going to need it. Say, well, he's still messed up and he's still not right with God. That's true. He's not right with God. He's not right with God. But I'm glad Jesus understood that with Peter. And matter of fact, he even told him before he messed up. <laughs> but when you're through with this junk, encourage the brethren. When thou art converted, strengthen the brother. In other words, in other words, you're going to mess up, but you're going to come out of it. Anyway, anyway. Genesis 2.18. Uh, the Bible says, And the Lord God said, It is not that man should be. Now he had fellowship with God. Walked in the cool of the day with God. Walked in the garden with God. But God said, this is not, this is not good. Father, help me today. <clears throat> help me today to accomplish your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now stay right there at 2.18. And I want to read up to 2.18. 
Genesis 1 verse 4 says, And God saw the light that it was good. That it was good. Genesis 1.10, And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Genesis 1.12, And the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielded herb, herb, not herb. I got in trouble by my wife. That's not herb, that's herb. The herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was Genesis 1, 16, and God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night, and he made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and divided the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was Genesis 1, 21, and God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. And every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was Genesis one twenty five. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was Genesis one thirty one. And God saw everything that he had made. Behold, it was very God looked over his creation, and when he was making stuff, and he said, that's good, that's good, that's good. Then he just sat back and looked at the whole thing, and he said, it's very good. And all God's people say it. That's good stuff, amen? Then all of a sudden, he comes down here to Adam, and he looks at Adam, and he sees Adam alone, and he says, it is not that man should be alone. Now, now, the way you read this and the way you look at this, it, it, almost seems, it almost seems like that God was going down his checklist and he got down to Adam and said, Uh-oh, I messed up. Uh-oh, we got a boo-boo here. We need to fix this. Now, that's what it sounds like, and that's what, that's what it makes it seem like. But I promise you this. I promise you this. God doesn't make mistakes. And God doesn't make boo-boos. And nothing ever occurs to God. Everything is orchestrated. Everything is planned out. Everything is by His sovereign will. Do you realize that Christ was crucified before the foundations of the earth, before man was ever made? God had already made a provision for the mistake He was going to make. It was all in God's plan. So why in the world would He do this? Why does it say this? Why does it proclaim out here that, hey, this is not good? Was it for God's benefit? Absolutely not. It was for our benefit. It was for us to see. He was making a statement. He was making a proclamation. He was proclaiming a truth. He was wanting all the world to know, every human being to know, it is not good for man to be alone. We need each other. We need each other. Sometimes we get isolated. Sometimes we go that route, and sometimes we don't want each other. We don't want about that. Man, if there's anybody that knows that, and I may be just too transparent today, but remember, you're here for me today. <laughs> so I'm just going to be honest. There's times I don't want to be around people. I, I don't, I don't want to be around One of the greatest lunches I ever had in my entire life we went up to we went up to uh, 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 Terry Pines. They have like a little buffet there, and it's quick. It's right close, so we could get in, you know. And 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 uh, and they had they had prime rib. Say amen. 
we walk in there and we was late getting out of church because we had some long-winded preacher. <clears throat> and we get in there and there was not one single person in there. Do you hear me? Not one single person. The buffet is still open. It's still there. They seated us. We looked, and there was a radio playing overhead real softly, Frank Sinatra. (laughs) And it dawned on me all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm sitting here with my sweetheart and nobody else in the room, and Frankie serenading us. I said, this is wonderful. This is awesome. God is in this. I know what it feels like to need a break. I know what it feels like to not want to have to hear another problem, another issue, another complaint. And just be by myself. I know what it feels like to want to go get my dogs and load up my car and don't call nobody, don't tell nobody, don't, don't let nobody else know where I'm going. I know that's dangerous and I shouldn't do that. I don't really. And just me, Bones, and Floozy go to the woods all by ourselves. Nobody. Me and the dogs. But I promise you, you can't live that way. You can't stay that way. Everybody needs a break, amen? Everybody needs to be able to breathe and get a breath of fresh air. But we can't go through life that way. Let me tell you something. One of, the, one of the first instincts when you get depressed, and this is biblical too. I can take you right to the Old Testament. Elijah got discouraged, and that discouragement turned into depression. You say, how do you know he was depressed? Because he got suicidal. And when he got to that place, the first thing he did was get alone. And that's the most dangerous thing you can do. You know why? Because God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Say, why are you saying all this? I want to encourage you today. You see all these green shirts and silver shirts, gray shirt, whatever shirt this is. What is this? Gray. Gray. We want you to be connected. We want you to be connected. You say, this is all about Sunday school. You're just trying to get us in a group. You're trying to... No, I'm not. I may be saving your life. Listen, I don't know if y'all recognize the temperature of the atmosphere of our country and the day we're living in, but it is getting increasingly anti-God and anti-Christ. Now, if you are wanting to live a godly life, if you're wanting to live a Christian life, it is going to be greater, I mean, even increasingly difficult as every day goes by. That's why Jesus said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as you see the day approaching. He says, he said this, you need, to, you need to come together more and more. Why? To edify one another. To encourage one another. Help one another. Are y'all with me? Now let me give you three quick things. Three quick things because I'm, I'm feeling if I don't, we'll never get out of here. <clears throat> There's a problem. There's a problem with, with society. There's a problem in the, in the Christian walk when we try to do this thing on our own. When we try to feel like we don't need anybody else. Hey, I've got God and that's enough. Not according to God. 
He said, it is not good for man to be. In other words, you need some other folks around you. You need to live life together. You need to live life in, in connection with other people. Now watch. I want you to see this. I want you to see this. There, is, there are several things. If you'll write this down, I, 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 want you, I want to help you with this. When we get isolated, when we isolate ourselves from other people, when, we, when we, 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 we cut contact with other people, we don't spend time with other people in fellowship, there, there, there's something that takes place. A, there is a lost perspective. There is a lost perspective. When we live in isolation, we can easily lose perspective on life. That's because there is no objective voice calling us toward balance. Our lows tend to be lower. Our highs tend to be higher. Our point of view becomes clouded, and things tend to seem worse or better than they really are. Simple decisions can appear bigger than light, and decisions making, decision making can become more impulsive when we don't have others to point us back to true north. What does that mean? It basically means this. We need to have other people in our life that can speak truth and reality in our life. Because sometimes when we're on our own, we think things are worse than they really are. Or we think things are better than they really are. Sometimes we need somebody to keep us on this earth and keep our, our feet planted and, listen, keep us back to reality. I'm telling you, God gave me an amazing, amazing woman when, when God gave me Tammy Marie Carter. <clears throat> For more ways than I could ever describe to you. But one of the things, one of the things... That, that I couldn't stand at first, but now I've learned to appreciate, is, is, is she don't have no highs and she don't have no lows. She is sinner. Listen, cool is a center seed of a cucumber. I'm talking about, I'm talking about balance as, as just, just and, and, you know, I, I, I would get something and I'm, I'm expecting to, you know, woo, you know, and, and she's balanced. Now, you say, why? why is that important? Because I'm the type of person, my characteristic is not that. My characteristic is to go the extreme one way or the other, get way too excited. If I get something, I focus on that, and that's all I can think about and everything to lie. Or the other way around. If something's bad, it's a tragedy. I remember, I remember one particular time I got really, really down. I'm talking about I didn't get out of bed for three days. I, I, I'd seen some things and some issues and, 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 and problems that just, that just I, I, I just thought it was hopeless. I mean, I can't even describe to you, and if you've never dealt with depression, I don't want to hear it. So just, just keep your opinion to yourself because you don't understand. Well, Tammy would come through, Tammy would come through, and, 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 and she would minister to me, but she wouldn't baby me. And that irritated me. Man, a brother just needs some petting every now and then. Amen? And by the end of that third day, I'm like, I might as well get up. Now, I hope I'm explaining this to help you understand what I'm saying. Because she was calm and cool and collected and all of that, and she didn't have a high and she didn't have a low, it brought me out of my funk. Because it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. It looked that way, and it seemed that way. And if I was alone, I'd have never crawled out of that hole. But there was somebody there that brought me back to reality. 
there was somebody there that showed me, listen, and, and sometimes, sometimes you de- do need some petting, but sometimes you just need some, uh, are you through yet? <clears throat> are y'all with me? Everybody needs somebody like that. Everybody needs an Aunt Jan in your life. I remember when I, I preached my, my grandmother's funeral, my mom's mom, she's like, She's just unbelievable, and, and, and I, I just I couldn't stop crying. I, I'm standing up there, and they wanted me to do the funeral, and I'm sitting there. <laughs> you know how it is. You get them, and, and you can't stop crying. My Aunt Jen's sitting on the front row, and she says, Malcolm, buck up, boy. <laughs> I, I preached this. <laughs> I mean, you know, we all need somebody like that. Because when we get alone, we lose perspective. We don't see things the way they truly, really are. And, and our perspective is one thing, but reality is another. And sometimes you just need that other couple in the group or that other family to say, hey, we've been where you are. You'll come through this. Does that make sense? Listen, there's a problem getting isolated. You lose perspective. Then B, write this down. Write this down. <clears throat> There is, a, there is a fear of intimacy. When you stay alone a lot, you begin to, you begin to cre- create, not really create, it just develops, a fear of getting close to others. And sometimes that fear is legitimate because of past rejection. Because nobody wants to feel rejected. Nobody wants to go through that. So after you've been rejected before, after you've gone through an issue before, you put up a wall and you put up these, 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 these boundaries out there to keep other people out, and that just perpetuates and makes it worse. Are y'all with me? People who don't have meaningful relationships tend to fear intimacy more. If you've never had a close friendship, then you're going to tend to be more fearful of that kind of relationship. People who fear intimacy think that it, if others really get to know them, they won't like them, so they would rather stay disconnected than risk rejection. Let me tell you something. I found this out. There is somebody for everybody. And you may have been rejected in the past, but that doesn't mean you're going to be rejected in the present. Listen, don't fear that. Say, well, I was in a bad group. Yeah, I know, because we're made of people. But that doesn't mean they're all going to be that way. And I found this out, too. I found this out about the group thing, that, that most of the time, if it's a bad group, it's either we didn't put what we should have put into it. Because it's just like a marriage. You're going to get out of it what you, what you put into it. Church, say amen. Listen, the, 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 third, the third problem with isolation, it creates a fear of intimacy, getting close to other people. Getting close to So I don't need to be close to other people. Man, everybody needs to be close to somebody. I'm not going to take all the time, but I'm just telling you that's a fact. Isolation creates selfishness. See, if you don't learn to, to have a close relationship with other people, you become a selfish person. And matter of fact, that is the exact opposite of what God wants you to be. I mean, that's the exact opposite. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus said, I didn't come to be ministered to. I came to minister. 
And what he's saying there, I didn't come for other people to do stuff for me. I came to do stuff for other people. He was selfless. But when we become isolated, we become selfish. Now, here's, here's how that works. <clears throat> Disconnected people tend to be more selfish. Isolation breeds selfishness. If the sum total of a person's life is defined by his schedule, his agenda, his needs, his desires, chances are good he is suffering from a good dose of selfishness. Over time, a disconnected person becomes self-absorbed. He gives in to one of the fatal byproducts uh, uh, of disconnection, which is self-centeredness. When that happens, life is lived and seen through a very narrow lens. In other words, it's lived for me. It's about me. Everything's about me. Uh, The world revolves around me to what I need, to what I want, to what I prefer, to what... Now, here's the problem. So I'm good with that. You'll never experience real, true joy if life's only about you. And matter of fact, you'll never experience fulfillment and satisfaction in life because that does not come when people do stuff for you. You'll find out that when you begin to serve others and you begin to help others and you begin to give to others, that's where true fulfillment comes from. That's where you say, is that biblical? Absolutely that's biblical. Jesus got down and washed the disciples' feet, and he got up and said, you know why I did this to you? He said, happy are ye if you do these things. When you learn to put others first, and all God's people say it. Lastly on this one, isolation creates poor health. Now please listen to this. Please listen to everybody up in the back. Wave at me in the back. And y'all wake up there, wave, yeah. Put your hands in the air. Come on, put your hands in the air. Wave them like you just don't care. No, I'm just getting circulation going. All right. All right, now watch. You get this. Six heart-related issues this, this, this week, all right? So I know about issues with health. I've been to hospitals from Birmingham to Huntsville to Coleman all in one week, all right? Now watch this. Watch this. Some of y'all are going to really appreciate this. People who live life alone are at much greater risk of sickness and poor health than their connected counterparts. John Ortenberg, in his book, Everybody's Normal Till You Get to Know Them, say amen, <laughs> refer, <laughs> woo, refers to a study on relationships that track the lives of 7,000 people over nine years. Researchers found that most isolated people were three times more likely to die than those with strong relational connections. Watch this. People who had bad health habits such as smoking, poor eating, obesity, alcohol use, all of these things, but they had strong social ties, lived significantly longer than people who had great health habits but were isolated. What does that mean? It means join a group and eat a Twinkie. You'd be better off getting in a group and eating a Twinkie than staying by yourself and eating broccoli. You say, you're just being ridiculous. No, science is proven Genesis 2 correct it is not good for man to be alone 
Let me give you the example given by God. Let me give you the example given by God. You said God said He wanted to make us in His image, in His likeness, right? We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, right? Now watch their example to us. Watch their example to us. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Here's what they did in Genesis 1.26. It says, And God said, Let us, say that with me, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. Key word, let Make man in our image. What did God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost do? They work together. They work together. What do we do in life groups? We work together. There was a life group working last night to benefit another church member that's having health issues and, and something that's there. And by the way, the chicken was ridiculous. Amen. What are they doing? Working together. Working together. You know, some of the greatest friendships I've ever developed was at work days at church. When we had a work day and called a work day and people come and you didn't really know them that well and you fall in there and you come and, and dig a dish together, you put up a wall together, you pour concrete together, you learn to work together. Now listen, we've got to work together. The Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son work together. They said, let us, let us make man in our image. Not only did they work together, B, write this down, they encouraged each other. Matthew 3, 17. Matthew 3, 17. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I'm well pleased. They encouraged each other. Preacher, why, why do you go to life group? So I can get some encouragement. So I can get some encouragement. So I know people are praying for me. I know people are going to lift me up. And listen, not only that, because I want to give some. Encourage them. They not only they not only work together, but they encouraged each other. Then then write this down. This is really important. Then they love one another. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Mark nine seven. Mark nine seven. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. My beloved son. How many times does the Bible tell us to love one another? Let me give you the last thing and we'll pray. We see a pattern. We see a problem. We talked about both of those. But number three, I want you to write this down. I want you to see the prayer. The prayer we find in John 17, specifically by Jesus, before he goes and, 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 and is crucified and he raises again and goes back to heaven, but he's praying. He's done his work. He's, he's done the three years' worth of service that, that, that he has accomplished. He's gotten the, the nucleus of the, the early church together. He's, 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 he's got his small group, if you will, developed and trained and ready to go. And, and now he's praying for them. And in John 17, he says this, And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be that they may be as we are. John 17, 21. That they all may be one. One. God wants us to have unity and harmony. God wants us to be together. But, but that's, that's, that's one aspect. Number one, God wants it. And by the way, how many of y'all agree if God said it, that should be enough? 
I shouldn't have to give any benefits that come from this. I should just say, God said it, do it. But I know we're not living in that kind of society. I know we're not living in that kind of world. Everybody know what's in it for what's in it for me. Or what, what do we get out of it? What do we accomplish with this? Well, God said it, that's enough. But I'll answer that question. In, in that same chapter, in John 17, 21, it says, why does, he, why does God want us to be one? Why does God want us to be together? It says in John 17, 21, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, and they also may be one in us, that, watch this, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Now watch this next one. This is, this is, this is really, really important. John 13, 35. By this, say it with me, by this, say it with me, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have a Bible study. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if you memorize Bible verses. If you go to church every Sunday. If you have a fish sticker on your bumper. And by the way, I wouldn't put one of them in there the way some of y'all drive. It's, it's hypocrisy and it's false advertising. Friday, Friday, I'm side by side. This is so great. This is so great. This was anointed. I'm side by side with a, a teenager from the church, and he has no idea I'm right beside him. Zero idea whatsoever. He's with his friend, and they're jabbering, jabbering, and I'm sitting there just looking. I'm trying to, you know, get his attention and everything, and, and uh, I, I want to beat the horn, but I'm afraid because there's somebody in front of me. <clears throat> you with me? Because I don't want to be that guy, all right? So I'm sitting there, and I'm, you know, and, and the, 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 the light turns green. I'm talking about a fraction of a second. Then all of a sudden, this, this, this teenager look and sees the green light and says, Ah! This is one of mine. So we pull off, and I stay right beside him, praying he looks. He did. I went. Be careful honking your horn at people. You don't never know where I'm going to be. Y'all with me? Listen, how's this world going to know that he is real? According to the Bible, there's only one way. When they see us loving one another. Isn't that amazing? It's not going to be by the great singing or the great choir or the great preaching or the great teaching. Or, no. God says, if you just love one another, they'll know I'm real. And we just cannot get that. But I don't have time. You better make time. Because everybody needs somebody. It is not good for man to be alone. Let me say this. Let me say this. Everybody look at me. Put your pens down. I'm going to just heart to heart for just a second. I got six minutes, people. I'm, we're like 16 minutes early, okay? So you're getting out early. You will get to the Waffle House on time, all right? 
Look at me for a minute. Look at me for a minute. <clears throat> One thing was very evident to me this week. I, I'm just going to tell you, this week's just been from the devil. There's one thing I've learned about this week is if we're going to keep doing God's will, and I believe we are, there's no doubt about it, God's hand is on this place. We've got to continuously keep making adjustments and sacrifices. Adjustments and sacrifices. Adjustments and sacrifices. You say, preacher, what are you talking about sacrifices? There are things we cannot do now that we did when we were 30. I know this is going to sound silly. I know this is going to sound silly. But one of, the, one of the sacrifices that bugs me the most is dinner on the ground. You know, when you're a small church, you can have dinner on the ground at will. All you got to do is announce it. Man, I used to love that kind of thing. You used to love hanging out, knowing, and, and praying for a short sermon. Say amen. Watch it. Everybody needs somebody. He's going to need somebody in a minute. Amen. I remember, I remember as a kid, you know, Dad would go out and get three or four hogs and they'd, they'd have them barbecued the night before and it was just a, it was an event did anybody have church like that like I did growing up man you look so forward to that and, and you just you can't do some of that stuff you know because because if we had dinner on the ground it had to be after the second service and I know y'all ain't coming back I'm being a little facetious but the point is it's a sacrifice you just can't do... When we were running 30 or 40 people, 50 people, you, you could just make decisions across the hall. So, hey, this week we're going to change this and we're going to do this and everything, and, and it worked fine because it didn't affect so many people. Now you can make one small, minute change to something and it throwed a whole train off the track because this ministry affected this ministry and it affected this person over here and the person we wanted to do this over here is supposed to have been over here and it kind of... Is everybody with me? So we just can't do what we used to do. And one of the things that, that, that I've learned is that I can't do what I used to do. I wish I could be for everybody, at everything, at every event, at every... But I can't. You can't even... Listen... If we do it the biblical way, I'm not supposed to. He said, care one for another. Matter of fact, the apostles wouldn't even serve tables. They'd say, we're sticking to prayer and the word. Y'all handle it. They didn't do all the stuff that we think we have to do because of tradition. And I'll be honest with you, I struggle with that because I feel guilty. But I've had to say, I can't do this. I've got to do what I do. And I've got to do what I do good. Because I can't do everything. So, in order for me to be able to do that, you've got to be willing to help. You've got to be willing to do your part. 
and let other people help care and minister. Well, I want the preacher. I guarantee you there's people in this building that are better at it than me. So how do you know? Because I see it happen every week. There was a day I would have felt obligated to be at, the, at the, the supper last night because it's my people. But guess what? Y'all knocked it out of the park. You see? Sometimes, sometimes we just need to step up and be what God's called us to be. And all God's people said. Amen. Don't you remember these three words? Friends. Come on, everybody. Friends. Say it again. Friends. Family. And fellowship. You need all three, and they're all found in life groups. All three of them. Some of the best friends I have in this life, and they're not even my blood kin, I found in life groups. So I want you to be here. Be here today. Come get connected. We may even supply a Twinkie. And all God's people say it. Y'all remind Buchanan to buy some Twinkies for tonight. Amen. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the privilege it is to serve you. <clears throat> thank you for the privilege it is to go to church with other people that are like-minded. I pray, I pray, Lord, that you will just help. Help us to, to get connected, stay connected, and supply. Not just come and say, bless me, or come and say, minister to me, but let me contribute. Let me care. Let me minister. Let me help. Let me encourage. Let me edify. Lord, I pray that your perfect will be done. God, I pray that you'll move in this place. Help us. You've already helped me. Lord, we've already... We've all, I, I've already felt the encouragement from your people. I feel them praying for me. I feel them concerned about me. And that's what it's all about. I pray your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's all stand. Everyone stand. We're going to give a verse of invitation. If you've never been saved, I greatly encourage you. Today is the day. We've got folks at this altar, ladies for ladies, gentlemen for gentlemen. They've got a Bible in their hand, and they'll take that Bible, and they'll show you today how you can know Jesus as your personal Savior. All you got to do is come. Maybe you say, Preacher, I want to join up. Well, today's the day. Come on. Maybe you just need prayer and encouragement. Maybe you've gone through, maybe you've experienced a week like we've experienced this week, and you just need to pray and tell God about your problems. You come on as we sing, as we sing, as we sing. Go ahead. Help him now. Yes. Without come on, him, come on. Don't put it off. Don't procrastinate. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. There's an altar in the top also. There's people at the top. Be glad to pray with you. Help him. Won't you come? I surely fail. Without and him, I would be drifting. Without him, I oh, would have no Like a ship Help without a sail. Everybody sing. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus.
encourage the broken today. Lift up the fallen today. Don't procrastinate. Oh, Don't leave without your heart being clear with you. Do you know, Do you know him today? Please don't turn him away. Would be 